Hello and welcome. You're listening to Show Starters with Adam and Andrew, an upbeat discussion about life and everything that comes with it. Today we talk about how we survive the polar vortex, our responses to our Netflix watch list, what gives Adam anxiety, and the listener challenge continues. Stay with us. So, welcome to Chiberia, as it's been said. Freaking freezing here in the Windy City. Uh, trying to keep, trying to keep uh, warm. How? Uh, what? What are, what are you up to, Andrew? Are you out? Uh, do skinny dipping in the snow? No, I'm cold. <laughs> Somebody pissed Elsa off, and I'm not here for it. Just saying. <laughs> okay. No, it's freezing. <laughs> I I don't. I love a snow day, actually. I have to tell you. Like, the problem is, like, with computers, you can still work on a snow day. So they're, like, still pressing me. And I'm like, no, baby. Like, it is negative 30 out. I'm not here for it. Yeah, for you, it's another day uh, another day at work, just a little chillier outside. Yeah. They're like, well, did you get that thing done? I'm like, what thing? <laughs> I'm trying to Netflix and chill with myself. <laughs> no, actually, I'm watching my parents' dog. She's a little Maltese. And they dropped her off, and I'm like, okay, let's go outside. Let's go potty. She is not fitting to go potty outside. She's like, screw this. I'm pooping in the house today. I legit, like, she wouldn't even pee outside. I'm like, and I don't have a spot shoveled in my yard for her because, you know, I don't have a dog. So I wasn't prepared for this. It was kind of a last-minute thing. And there's a foot of snow, and so she goes out, and I'm like, just go on the sidewalk, girlfriend. It's fine. She and just disappears in the snow. And no, she just looks dog. at me, and she's like, I am not going on the sidewalk. <laughs> and she runs back to the front porch, and I'm like, we can't go in the backyard. It's like, you can't even get out my back door. It's frozen shut. So Yes, it is. It is. Oh, girl, <laughs> bye-bye. So... We come back inside, and she runs straight for, like, the far living room, you know, Mm -hmm. that has carpet. And I'm like... Trying to find a corner. I know she's trying to pee on that carpet, so I don't let her Uh, out of my sight. (laughs) I've been carrying her around. I know she's got to go. Well, just put her in a bathtub, call it a day. Okay. (laughs) I'm kidding. Well... Poor Lily. She's going to she's gonna have to get to the point where she really has to go, and then we're going to go outside. But I'm keeping her she's in get- my sight at all times. Well, give her some cranberry juice, because you know a UTI is inevitable when you hold <laughs> it in that long. Poor, no. poor, poor girl. No. So you've been Netflix and chilling. I um, have. Catching up on some stories. Yeah, I fell out of the loop. Like, la- Was it last episode or the episode before you were talking about Fire Festival? Yeah, that was uh, last week's episode. Okay, so you were like the third or or three different people tried to talk to me about that. And I'm like, I don't know what it is. I need to get in the loop. I feel out of the loop. So (laughs) I went and watched it today. And your thoughts? Mess. What a (laughs) mess. I have a lot of thoughts. (laughs) That whole thing is just a, a freaking disaster so i didn't i didn't fire festival happened in 2016 which at the time living through it i had no clue about it neither did i as i was watching the documentary on netflix that you're referring to they talked about all the social media influencers with the orange square and maybe it's because i was not not on instagram at all whatsoever that i just avoided the whole hype but no clue i had no clue and but looking at it like what a mess. 
What a mess. For anybody that doesn't is not familiar, I'll give like a, a quick 20-second synopsis. Like this guy who had already launched a very successful business in New York. Questionably young, successful. But questionably yes. successful, but successful from the outside, it appeared to be. Um, a credit card for young people that was like black, platinum, sort of like an Amex. Um, he then wanted to start this music festival, kind of like Coachella or something like that. That's like a destination music festival for people from mainly America, but around the world as well. And he found a place in the Bahamas, namely Pablo Escobar's old island. And (laughs) he wanted to like create this hype. So long story short, he had all the marketing in place and he knew how to sell. And they sold out like private beach villas and all that. The problem is none of these villas existed in real life. Like they were putting up like hurricane relief tents. Yeah. Well, at least to house these people that paid thousands of dollars. Yeah. So this all was, it was created because they had started this, this guy, Billy had started a company app that was going to be used to book talent. So and in order to market that, they used the Fire Festival as the means to do that. So, part which is with a John good Rule. idea, right? Yeah, it's a great idea for yeah. concept. But then they screw themselves over when they kept referring to it as Pablo Escobar's Island. It was a breach of contract. They got kicked out. It was just a series of unfortunate events that led up. But, but I the know island briefly... they originally wanted to be on didn't even have plumbing or running water on, on the area that they wanted to do this whole festival. Oh, because it looked like it had those nice homes in there, and that's what they were going to use for the villas. So that one looked pretty equipped. It had its own runway. It had a, a whole thing. I don't think the infrastructure was in place to uh, house 10,000 people. No, I, no, 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 no. I, that can. was a way oversell. But, yeah. Um, I, and we talked a little bit about this last episode, but... I feel bad and I don't feel bad for Andy King. So you and I, you now know who Andy King is, okay, correct? Yes. 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 We actually have been chatting. <laughs> you and Andy King? Yeah. <laughs> so from this, I followed now hashtag Andy King on Instagram and just the people are coming for him. Not literally. I say, well, but, not the customs um, agent in the Bahamas. <laughs> But they are dragging him. So I, I, I get the context of the story to show the like the just the craziness of how Billy was running the show. I would not have shared that level of detail on an, on a documentary. Oh God, no! No, I would have was... just said, I got a call from Billy. I was asked to perform oral sex on the customs agent because uh, I'm I'm homosexual. I went and had a conversation with the agent and determined that he would be able to help us out, but we needed to do X, Y, and Z. Not, I went home, I got yeah. a shower. I washed <laughs> I my mouth out mouthwash. with uh, mouthwash, <laughs> and then I was going to his office prepared to suck his dick. Who says that? Andy King, apparently. Apparently Andy King. <laughs> but I'll tell you so. what, I'll tell you what, in this day and age, you wonder, like, what? He is not stupid. He's done worldwide global events, you know. Right. He's a seasoned with, yeah. like veteran for, in his field. For 30 years. What is his angle? I hate to be so pessimistic or... or um, uh, apparently it's from your knees looking up. <laughs> <laughs> 
that's your angle. No, I agree with you. Somebody, um, somebody from my office just also said <laughs> that um, he must have had a reputation for being uh, maybe a little more freewheeling sexually. In order allegedly, to, to get that. allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. But I have but, to laugh. One, one of my favorite things that have come out of this with the hashtag is, "I'm a slut for water." An H two ho, if you will. Okay, seriously, <laughs> like he was gonna give somebody a BJ just to get water through customs, but honestly, the reason that, that he said that, I'm I'm thinking allegedly has to be because he's hoping that it would turn into something like this, a sensation, and maybe a future book deal or something like that. Yeah, yeah, it absolutely. has to be because because you don't go gotten... and tell on yourself like that unless you're gonna either you're an idiot. Which he's not. Right, right. Or there, you stand to benefit from it. Right. There were a couple, there were like very few things I pulled away from that Netflix documentary. One was Andy King. Two was the cheese sandwich issue, which was a freaking hot mess. And then three was what? the poor lady who was running the kitchen on the island who's like, I'm out $50,000. Okay, so describe the cheese sandwich thing. <laughs> well, so Andy King was in charge of catering and w- had one lined up had somebody cancel and literally two weeks prior to the event had to round up a caterer to for thousands of people right and put together this gourmet uh meal plan a luxury experience festival goers right and so they all the party goers get there and they're not prepared obviously and they open up like this box box lunch styrofoam thing and there is a literally a piece of bread a slice of cheese and a tiny little garden salad. It's just like you, you've paid how many thousands of dollars for this experience? And you get a freaking cheese sandwich. Look in the hood, we call that dinner. Okay, <laughs> that's gourmet. That's gourmet. Yeah, it's gourmet for you. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that poor lady. The poor lady, though. There's a GoFundMe or Kickstarter or something. She's Good, got, there should be. Like, they raised over like oh well, almost to like two hundred thousand dollars for this one. So I'm like. What? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Listen, y'all, somebody screwed me over. So if y'all want no, I can't stand the GoFundMe stuff. Unless it's for legit like this. Like she got screwed out of her own money and she did right by her staff. So God yeah. bless her for that. But you know, there's always more than meets the eye. I will say, like one of the things in watching this, so this Billy guy who spearheaded this whole Scam. Shit show. A scam. It's fraud. <laughs> it is a scam. I mean, it's, fraud. it's fraud. It's fraud. Allegedly. No, Allegedly. it's 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 proven it's fraud. Go right. On. Isn't he convicted? <laughs> yes. Six years. Yeah. So the guy, Billy, who did all this, many of the people in their interviews in this documentary were talking about how, you know, he just wanted to have fun, wanted to he saw himself in this lifestyle or whatever. He was always living large and always said we're solutions based. We don't look at the problems. We look at trying to find solutions. And I get that. And he was a great salesperson, uh, blah, blah, blah. But he got too involved. He he bought his own Kool-Aid. He drank his own Kool-Aid. Yeah. Like, and he was with Ja Rule and all these like top supermodels partying and it just snowballed into this thing. And then after he got arrested while he was on bail out on $300,000 bail, number one, okay, scamming again, not hurting for money. Um, he scammed again on bail and got caught 
like trying to like extort money from people or or, or con people out of their money right. for a fraudulent thing. So what stupid. the heck? So, so stupid. stupid. And, and like he'd said to some people, like, I will not go to jail. Like he just was so far removed in his comfortable lifestyle that he just believed that that privilege that he was used to, he wouldn't ever be sentenced and wouldn't go to jail. And I have to tell you, I know people like that. I have known people like that on that level. And it reminded me a bit of, you know, some friends and acquaintances that I've known in my life who have had so much success because they are brilliant people. I mean, smart yeah, but when used for evil, look what happens. Yeah, but evil is a slippery slope. It's not like one day you wake up and say, I'm just going to screw all these people over uh. and I'm going to be evil. <laughs> Most of the time, it's a one step at yeah. a time process. And you allow one thing to happen. And then it's like, okay, well, I didn't get caught with that. I'm going to do this other little thing. I'm gonna do this uh, right, other right, thing. right. He, he had a taste for the the life, the money, and it was like, mm, this and tastes get good. And you blinded by it. And I've known people Greedy. like that who have been Greedy. brilliant minds, excellent business people and salespeople. And they just got too much um, money and power and... At that point, they 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 start to enter into self-destructive behaviors. Um, maybe drinking every day, all day. Like at one point in the documentary, they showed Billy laying on a beach, drunk, in the middle of the day during a photo shoot with these supermodels for promotional stuff, and he's drunk, passed out. Like what? You know, like what are you doing? This is not no longer a business thing. Like you're just making a mockery of this whole yeah, empire you have, you that you're trying problem. to build. Yeah. You have a problem, and that's yeah. what I've seen people in my personal life go through. And it's like, oh my gosh, you have all the money you could want in the world. Um, you have success, you have respect, and now you're either doing drugs or drinking the day away, or like you're getting involved in some shady shit that you don't have to get involved in. You don't need to, right. but you're losing yourself in this success or this party lifestyle and i mean i've seen people die from it honestly people that are close to me and yeah it's like so unnecessary and it just it brings it back to you have to go back to being humble knowing what your intention is for doing something um recognizing when you do make mistakes even with just within yourself be like oof okay that was wrong Okay, but what about the people who were on his team, though? I get that some of them were worried about the money and, and it being withheld until the event was completed, but come on, especially the guy who was the yoga the yoga instructor mm -hmm. who was uh, forced just to sit there. and he, he was speaking up. I will say that to his credit, he was speaking up saying, hey, we way oversold. We need to cancel on some of these people and you know stop this and was told, nope. You're gonna you're gonna greet these people with a smiling face if they if they have issues. I would have been like, "Fuck you! I'm out of here. No, thank you." Yeah, but he 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 had a he was getting paid at some point. Maybe it stopped somewhere along the line. Yeah, but he had a promise of getting paid as well, and it's not his. Where does the responsibility lie? But that's the thing. If you don't have a leader that is showing true signs of leadership and stepping up and supporting you then you're on your own and you know you're not going to oh, be supported. but so. you have so many people Bye. involved in this and legitimate people. I mean, the, the bands like that were involved. Like Andy. <laughs> Andy, legitimate 
event producer. Yes. I know. I know. Yes. And I you know. think, okay, all these people, they would not still be on board if this thing was, you know, going south or if it was not going to happen. They're going to figure way, out a way to pull it together. And so, uh, you know, I, 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 understand, I feel for all the people underneath it. The buck stops with the leader. It stops with the CEO, with the founder, with all that. Yes, you have to trust your intuition, but, you know, they're collecting a check. They're hoping for a payout at the end. They're doing what yeah, they're there but, to do. You also, you don't have to bird box it and follow them blindly either and say, okay, I'm just going to go with it. No, not blindly, but it's tricky. I get it, but it's red flag after in, red flag. I've been in situations like that and, and cut your still losses. continue to find myself in some situations like that. You don't just cut your losses when you've invested a year of work in something and or months of work and they've paid you. Let's say, let's say they, your contract was for $100,000 <laughs> and they paid you 30000 of that already. You're like, okay, they're a legit company. Like, I'm paid to do this. I'm going to try and do the best of my ability. And you see things going south and you're like, okay, this is south, but it's not my area. I, I don't know. I agree with you, but I think that there's components where you see You ain't never been flags. in the freelance world, bitch. No, but if I see enough red flags, I'm bouncing. Mm. I am bouncing. Not I when will, you don't know where your next paycheck is coming from. I will doggy paddle back to the States. <laughs> Not when you don't know where your next paycheck is coming from. I'm just telling you from an entrepreneur, freelance, uh, consultant position, you don't just bounce. You see the red flags and you're like, oh, shit. Like, okay, you're pulling for them as much as they're pulling for them because you want them to succeed so they can pay you. I, I and you want to be part of something that's successful. I, true, but I'm saying if if the red signs are or red red flags are overwhelmingly just there, then you have to do an assessment to say, okay, look, no, hindsight is twenty twenty. All right, agree to no. disagree. When, agree to disagree. <laughs> I, I I'm hundred percent on uh, on the side of the people who were contractors or um, subs and stuff that worked for this because you get hired to do a job and you sign a contract and they put the deposit down, you're working for them now. And it's your job to solve those problems and to alert them of them. Yes, as it gets closer and closer and you've alerted them three or four or five, six, seven times and they're still like full steam ahead. Okay, that's a huge red flag, but you're like, shit, I'm too far into this. I can't legally break our contract. They have to fail, which means I won't get paid in order to break this contract, or else you're at risk of being sued. That's what true. If it that's, a, succeeded? Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah. I mean, what if it would have succeeded by some miracle or some social Andy media King phenomenon, <laughs> some blowjob getting the job done, and then all of a sudden they're like, yeah, and this caterer didn't, and people like that will sue you in a heartbeat because they don't care. And then maybe a small independent business, even if you're, you know, a $500,000 business could get sued for what all you're worth because you backed out of a contract. Yeah, I, I get it. Because you get saw it. a red flag. Yeah, I get it. All right. You convinced me. I guess I guess Yay! I'm there. Yeah. Oh, I should have um, gone into law. <laughs> but one thing you're not going to convince. No, you no, no. <laughs> no, I should not. Order. <laughs> Odor in the court. Odor in the court. Your honor. <laughs> I'm good at judging. <laughs> Um, what you do with messes is you clean them up. And so on our Netflix pathway journey, um, I had asked you recently if you saw tidying up, which is another hashtagging trending thing. So did you, did you watch Miss Marie Kondo? 
You know I did. I did, but you know I'm trying to make it exciting for our listeners. <laughs> okay, I'm going to preface this with saying anything that's like trending or whatever, usually I steer far away from because I am not a basic. Okay. Well. Above the cut, honey. So I almost was like, I'm going to waste an hour of my life watching this Tidying Up with Marie Kondo. (sighs) And? Did you? You did. And? I love her. Exactly. I love her. (laughs) So I... I, to be fully transparent, I only watched one episode. Oh, I binged it. Oh, no. I saw one and I'm like, how can they be any different? Like, the methods are the same. The only thing that's going to be different is the amount of shit that somebody has in their house and the drama that's happening in it. So, yeah, yeah. one's good for me. It's a throwback to like the old kind of shows, the old, like, you know, from 10 <laughs> years ago, like on HGTV or any of those things, like, um, Flipper Flop or House Hunters yes, or yes. or um, Super Nanny, you know, where they go in and like to, to reform someone's children yes, and their yes. parenting style. It's the same thing. Like they all just need discipline and consistency and the parents have issues they need to work out amongst themselves before they get to the kids. <laughs> right. It's the same thing with tidying up. All these people just have issues with letting go of things, with consistency, with they need someone to tell them what to do. They can't just do it in themselves. But I just, I went in as a skeptic. I will say that. Yes. And at first I was like looking for anything that I could to find wrong with this. So I'm like, oh my gosh, number one, the intro is way too long and it's the same thing every episode. (laughs) But I didn't know that till the second episode, but. The first episode I'm watching, and I'm thinking, okay, wait a minute. She's way too happy. She's yeah, way well, too ha- Like, unbelievably. Hi. Well, you oh, got to be positive when you're about to tell out. people that your place is fucked up. Uh, well, uh, I'm an interior designer. Don't I know that? <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, she's way too happy. Now, I love her happiness is so endearing and I want to be more like her. It, oh my God. Yes, it's cute. Oh but... my God. She elicits such positive responses from people who are not positive. Like I want to be that person. But then the other thing is, <laughs> the other thing is she speaks Japanese half the time. Like she's not the best English speaker. So for somebody that is a primary English speaker watching this, it's frustrating because I thought I was going to put this on. And then have my computer in front of me and be able to like do work while I'm no, watching you have in the to background. Read it. No, you have to read the subtitles. <laughs> yes. I'm like, are you for real? Like I do Italian lessons online every day, so I'm used to like focusing hundred percent on the language Pepperoni. of the words. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I'm used to like mozzarella. <laughs> no, no, baby. So I'm used to like focusing on that. But when I like turn on Something light and fluffy, like tidying up with Marie Kondo. I don't want to have to read subtitles. This but is not like addicted. at the foreign You're film addicted. festival. <laughs> I'm addicted. So, like, yeah, I get the methods. Like, it's it's nice and cute and whatever. But the amount of stuff that they had to throw out, I'm thinking there would be there wouldn't be anything left. And I guess that's the point. But it's like. You're saying thank you to everything. You're I love out that. Good vibes. Like, yeah, I it's love good. that. 
what I totally would never do based off of her methods, though, is how she folds the shirts and the jeans. I'm like, no, not doing it. Not doing okay, it. Okay, so I have to say, so her book came out a few years ago or a couple years ago or something. I remember it being a sensation and watching an interview with her maybe on the Today Show or some big show. You know, do you remember that? No. It was in the bucket with fire festival. So it, no. it was a sensation. <laughs> it was a thing. And I remember seeing the way she folds things where like shirts are folded in thirds and everything's standing up and socks the same way folded in thirds and standing up. So I actually implemented that at the time just to see how I liked it. Cause I love cleaning, organizing. I love all that stuff. Like that just gets me going. Mm-hmm. Like if you ever want to turn me on, like just give me a junk drawer that has dividers. <laughs> it's getting hot. Well, come to my place and you'll Woo! be like hard for a week. One of the things that she says, <laughs> I love mess. I'm like, oh, yes, so cute. she did. She I did. love mess because I love to tidy up. So I, um, that was a terrible Marie Kondo impression. It, it was. It I apologize, Miss Kondo. <laughs> so more like a Kondo. No. <laughs> so I actually implemented her folding style two years ago or whenever the book came out. Um, and I love it. I guess if that works for you, it's oh, just, I can see everything on my t-shirts, all my socks, my underwear. I can see them in the drawers in, and I have them in shoe boxes with no lids so that when I open the drawer, there are shoe boxes in and like t-shirts are folded and, and I just pick one out and I can see them all and socks are folded. I know which color of sock I want. I want blue. I want black. I want brown. I want white, whatever. It's lovely. Okay, if that works for you. But what I have con- not done. It up. Okay, what I have not done is the clothing purge. Purge, yeah, where she has you take every single item of clothing that you own, everything. Could you imagine? I could. Actually, I don't have that many clothes, but I have more than I need and more than I wear. And she has you pile them on your bed all in one huge mountainous pile. And you go through each item one by one and hold them and decide which one sparks joy in you yes. and which one you want to throw away. And if it doesn't spark joy, then you thank it and you either put it in the donate pile or throw away or whatever. And it's like, okay, I'm ready to do that. That's all nice and good, but I have a ton of clothes that may not necessarily spark joy for me. So this is my problem with that method is I'm a practical person. There are clothes I absolutely have to have. Do they spark joy? No, I could care less, but I have to have them. I'm not getting rid of them and I can't afford to buy new. So they're, they're just going to stay right there with me. Well, maybe your definition of sparking joy is different from hers. It, it, I'm sure it is. Yeah. Like, cause I, I think of, I, I think of clothes as more of a practical component to my everyday versus something. We that can is tell from how you look. Still. <laughs> it, I still look good. Yeah. Um, but no, I just, I don't see it as something that's always going to spark joy. No, there are a couple outfits that I'm like, damn, okay. I feel it. I feel it. Yes. But others I'm like, eh, it's, it's a variety. I just got to put it on. Okay, for instance, like when thinking about my wardrobe in my closet right now, I'm thinking I have like the old jeans and the old T-shirt that I wear to mow the lawn or to garden in. Do those make me feel like good or sexy? No, obviously not. Right, but, but are you going to get rid of them? No, but they, exactly. do, they do spark joy in the sense of 
I'm grateful that I have a beautiful lawn and I have the ability to mow it. And I'm grateful okay. that I can work in the dirt and have these clothes that allow me to be out there, not naked amongst the elements. So, you know, the, <laughs> that's the definition of joy, I guess. You have to. That's a very good way to look it's a at sliding it. Sliding scale. Like, I will you know, say one thing I function. did not. One thing I did not like with her was one episode I watched was like a a book rule, like you should only have so many books. I'm like, bitch, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, like 30 here. books. Uh, no, I have hundreds of books and I ain't getting rid of any of them. Which I mean, I some of them somebody, I might, but... Somebody um, made a funny statement recently about her book. It's like, so is the expectation after you read her book okay. that you have to donate it and okay. <laughs> get rid of it because you already finished with it? Okay. <laughs> I'm just saying like, for people that have great... I, I'm a... I'm a what do they call that? A booklophile? <laughs> um, I love books. Whatever you have to report yourself for. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Look me up online. <laughs> My address pops up. Um, I love books. For your Spe- closest library. <laughs> sp- specifically antique books. And like I have many friends with personal libraries at their homes with Florida ceiling wrap around the room shelves of books mm. and i love that no that causes me so much anxiety uh, why like, no uh-uh oh why no, a no, library no. is so like, it's a no. world of wonder no libraries like that in home cause me so much stress and anxiety i'm like why it's wasted space who's what? gonna read those yes what? i cannot stand it no i can't stand it i had no idea like it's not, it's a nice for me it's a nice decoration but then I'm like you're stuck with that like what are you gonna do with those books with that read shelf? them like, it's permanent no I'm oh. I'm good I'm good oh. so so you know the room my great room where the dining and living are kind of combined yes yes I'm thinking about making that a library and wall to wall shelving floor to ceiling all around the entire room and still having the dining table in there where you're dining amongst all the great authors of the centuries and have Lord Byron. And, I guess. And to uh, me, that's more of a showpiece. Like it's decoration for more at that course. point. But I just feel like it's so closed in and like everything's closing in on you because it's shut off and it's or intimate. you'd have you'd have lighting i'd have task lighting and you know sconces and whatnot it'd be now if if they were picture books or nudie books all about it put them up (laughs) i'll put some playgirls in there for you okay thanks (laughs) hard bound oh Mm, that's a good name of a (laughs) before we start our dinner let's read an excerpt from my favorite my favorite issue No, I can't believe you don't like libraries. They're nice to look at. I would never have one myself. I would never have one myself. That's been a dream of mine. In fact, I have floor-to-ceiling built-in shelves in the basement in my storage area. And several bins are filled with books. And I know that's not the best place to store them, but they're all like old leather-bound books and... You know, 200, 300. I have a book that is from the 1600s and one from the 1700s that I bought in Italy. And I just love the history of it all. And I, my dream is to actually have built-in shelves all around a room and 
books yeah. everywhere. And maybe, I don't know, maybe for me, it's because I've moved so many freaking times in my okay. lifetime. Yeah, that'd like, be a that's, pain. Like for me, I'm thinking, all right, if I have more than 100 books, that's shit I got to haul around all the time. And so I think because I move so often, I'm I'm less of a roots in ground person. I'm more of a, I'll live here, but you know I'm keeping my options open. If the wind blows me somewhere else, I'm fine going there too. So okay, I get that. I maybe get that. that's maybe that's like the core of of why I'm like nah, not for me. Yeah, books are heavy to move and they're hard to box up because they take so much dense space. I mean, you fill a whole box with just a few books, and and it's like five thousand pounds. Yeah, and you got to carry it upstairs or in elevators, etc. And the books I'm talking about are like special, decoratively yeah. beautiful, um, the classics, antique, one of a kind, first editions. Not just like a book you just bought from Barnes and Noble, you know. Right, like the Marie Kondo book. <laughs> Donate it. <laughs> Bye. Konnichiwa. Why read when it's on Netflix? <laughs> Domo arigato. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Ashtonas. Arigato. Uh, when they say big in Japan, they're talking about me. <laughs> in comparison, I guess. <laughs> I, I have a Japanese kimono that I wear, actually, in the summer. That does not surprise me. As my robe. Yeah, my stepfather <laughs> brought it back to me from a business trip when he was in Japan many, many moons ago. Is it one of those shorty kimonos that it's barely cover that your short, nutsack actually. as your? <laughs> no, it's it's a men's kimono. It's um, I mean, I was a child when he bought it, but yeah, he's passed away now. But yeah, I I remember you still he was a... prounce around the house in it. Every yes, yeah, I, yeah. I live for a robe now. I can tell. I yes, in the winter, I wear my Ralph Lauren white terry cloth robe. And in the summer, I wear my Japanese kimono. It's silk. I've it's beautiful. I've never worn a robe, ever. What? Never, never. See, I guess I guess because my mom wore a robe. Like, that was her at-home uniform. Like, if she mm. was at home, she was in the robe. It was a house coat. It was. She had, like, six robes. She had thin cotton ones to do, like, cleaning in. They were easier yeah. to move around. Had a strap, all that. She had white terry cloth for after bathing. She had silk for in the summer when it was hot and you don't want it to be sticky. I mean, <laughs> several robes. And my stepmom was the same way. Like every morning, every night, like she had a robe on. It just was like the way you live. Mm. Well, didn't get that. Look huh. at me. Totally opposite side. Prince and the pauper. No. Well, what do you wear when you're at home? <laughs> sweats. I put on sweats. Okay, so there's well, like there's like a Tostitos commercial, I think is the is the is the brand. Like this woman comes home, she's in a business suit. She walks, she comes in, opens the door, and all you see is the the light of the TV glowing, and her partner or husband or whatever is sitting there, and she just pulls off her suit like a tearaway, and underneath <laughs> it are sweats. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> well, it's the same thing. It's just more comfortable, easier to move about. Yes, yes, but it's not as like dress or fabulousness that uh, that you experience then. But I'm refilling okay. my wine glass right now, by the way. You're not just peeing in the toilet, in the turlet? No. <laughs> no, no, dear. <laughs> no, but I live for a row. But yeah, so Japanese, back to, okay, Marie Kondo. Yeah, love her, yeah. love everything about her. Well, maybe I'll give it another couple episodes, but uh, one was pretty much good for me for now. Okay, well, find the episode, though. I only watched a few, but find the there's one There's a gay that... one, isn't there? There's a gay one. I haven't seen that one yet. Yeah, there's a gay but one. But 
I only made it through a few, but the one that I really resonated with was the um, lady who lost her husband. And then she has this house with all of his stuff have to go through. It's like, I remember when my mom passed away, I was 21 and I got this house. I mean, I had my own house, but then I inherited this five bedroom house full of stuff. And it's literally someone else's life. Granted, it was my mom's, but it was my family home that I grew up in. And I didn't know what to do with all this stuff. And it's, it's emotional. You take your time. But there are still things in this house. Like last week, I was going through preparing for the freezing temperatures. I went through um, the basement to like just open up the room where the water heater is at. Yeah. It's an old house. And so I want to make sure that that got heat, you know, and wasn't closed off. And I found like three beds in this old, like what? headboards and footboards and side oh, rails okay, okay. and all that. Yeah. Like stacked up. I didn't even know that we had. I don't remember them from anything in my past, from past homes or anything. We've been at this house since I was seven. And so I'm like, what are these? And like I asked my dad. He's like, I've never seen those in my life. They must have been here at the house because they're old from like before we bought the house. Wow. Like... So if I was seven, that would have, I'm 30, 33 next month. So how many years ago would that be? I mean, we're talking decades. Yeah. Yeah. That these beds have been in that back room. And I'm like, get these out of here. Like I carried them up to the garage and I'm like, get them out. I don't want them. You're going to sell them their antiques now. <laughs> I mean, seriously, I actually sold one already this last week. There you go. Yeah, I snapped a picture with my phone and put it on Craigslist, and this lovely couple from like down the street was like, "Oh, we love this headboard, blah blah." I'm like, "It's yours. Take it, please." <laughs> but like all the personal stuff to yeah. go through, like clothing of a loved one who's passed, or right, because you may not have direct connection to it, but you have connection to the person who did, and so it right. it can be. A, or you a remember thing. them wearing something, or. Yeah. Or like uh, this last year, some of the artwork that was my mom's, that beautiful paintings, but I just wasn't into. Yeah, It's not my style. They've been upstairs in the attic or in guest bedrooms. And I'm like, okay, I want to make the guest bedrooms more like my style so yeah. that I can have friends from Chicago come in and stay the night and feel like, okay, you're is, in my is house. Is that a hint? Is that a hint? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I told you. You're coming <laughs> next weekend. so Or this weekend. Yeah. So, yeah. So I'm just like, I want it to be more like me, like my house. Yeah. And so I sold some of the artwork. And thankfully, I did it with good intention. I think that has a lot to do with it. And I sold one painting that my mom loved. And I sold it to a woman who loved it. She absolutely loved it. Like she came to the house, she looked at it. She was like, I have to have this. And I said, you know, I explained to her the story behind it, which I didn't want to be creepy. Like this belonged to my dead mother, you know, like, but she was like, oh my God, I love it so much. And she said, I will take good care of it. It will go to a good loving home and will be treasured. And I'm like, that's great. Because for 10 years... Since I've had the house, it's right. been sitting upstairs, neglected, not even being looked at. And in fact, that room, that one guest room at the top of the stairs has become a catch-all. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want yeah. it to be a catch-all. Right. 
Right. And so that, that, that's the other thing is like I love a good purge because then you, you get the – like just when you see things clean, you feel better. So yes. that's – Unfortunately, I've kind of stalled in that journey of purging and cleaning and uh, need to revitalize it, but I'm just not ready, especially with the weather. I'm like, nah, I'm indoors. I have every opportunity to. Oh, but, but now's the time. I know, but I'm just, I, I'm too lazy right now. No, wait, you just moved. So didn't you have to go Six months a ago, big purge before you moved? I mean, that's a great did. time. We did. We did. So we went down from 1,400 square foot to 700 square foot. So we purged a ton of shit. Half but your we, stuff. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But we still have so many boxes like in the in the apartment now. And I'm just I, I'm not mentally ready to fight that fight yet and push forward. And some of it is so easy and quick. Like there's boxes, there's like three or four boxes of donation stuff. I just need to put in the car and take to the donation center. But I'm I don't know. I think it's PTSD. Do your windows open? <laughs> they do. <laughs> 45 floors up. Just chuck it out. (laughs) And you get an old t-shirt, and you get an old t-shirt, and you get an iPhone 4 charger. (laughs) Right. (laughs) That's a great idea. We'll see. I'll be arrested. but Yeah. Is there a laundry chute in your building? (laughs) We try to stuff somebody down in one of my friends' old Chicago apartments. And you know, if I do get arrested, (laughs) do you know who I'm hiring as my lawyer? Chooch Pertucci. Hashtag Andy King. <laughs> He's not a lawyer. <laughs> but with the mouth skills, allegedly, I'm Quay. sure he can do anything that he wants to do. Quay. He never even had to do it. <laughs> Who asked that of someone? Oh. Exactly. That I mean, that's the thing. But still, who's that eager to say, okay, yeah, I guess I'll do yeah, it. Yeah, right? I mean, I've had clients that couldn't pay for like their bills <laughs> from contractors for interior design jobs. And they're like... Andrew, put them off a little bit or whatever. And I'm like, no. <laughs> right. That's like, not. We signed a contract. You yep. gave me a budget. This is within the budget. That's on you now. I'm not. I'm not right. getting involved because then you're involved <laughs> in legal stuff. And, <laughs> right. Uh, uh, uh. And then if somebody asked me to like do something like that, I'd be like, excuse me, no. Could you imagine if he went through with it and the customs agent was still like, nah, I'm not releasing the water. <laughs> that probably would be a very viable scenario. I know. Like, well, There's only one something. thing getting released in this office, and oh. it's not water. <laughs> Ugh. The ghetto. ghetto. Oh. <laughs> that is a mess. But you know what's not a mess is if you follow us over on Show Starters podcast on Facebook. It's still kind um, of a mess. <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. It's it's a journey, people. It's we're Marie Condoing our uh, our podcast, so bear with us. Um so head on over to Facebook, give us a like. You can also head over to iTunes if you are an iTunes fan and listener. Subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Please do rate us as well. Love to know how we're doing. And uh, let's see, for this week's um, listener challenge, why don't you shoot on over the water drop emoji, or better yet, an eggplant emoji (laughs) onto uh, uh, one of our posts so we know you listen. Oh, Lord. No, I like that one, an eggplant. Well, I know you do. Yeah. (laughs) I have to call my priest. Well, I will pray for you. And until then, you got a whole week. We will uh, plan to see you all next week. Keep it clean and tidy. 